What's up, guys? So today we are going to jump into the Bucks fantasy outlook, and we'll start at the top with quarterback, the GOAT, Tom Brady. So I know a lot of people are saying that Brady has lost, uh, you know, physical abilities, at least somewhat. And I just personally don't believe that's true. I don't think that you should just blindly look at just statistics when making a claim like that, because when you get into watching his tape, which I have actually watched a lot of um, in 2019 specifically, you see that he actually some of his best plays were incomplete passes that he actually was okay so pockets collapsing instantly nobody's open and he's throwing an anticipatory pass to a spot where he knows the defense won't be so because you know he cannot escape the pocket and he never has been able to really escape and he also so he he has to be able to identify where he can throw the ball to based on what coverage it is and so that there's no interceptions and also so that it's incompletion without intentional grounding so he made quite a few plays like that last season which were, were which are just going to show up in the stat column as incompletion, but they were much more valuable than that. When you really, and especially when you contextualize the timing for each one, you know whether it's like a second and three, and he does that instead of taking a sack or or whatever. Like those types of plays are why he is still one of the very best quarterbacks in this league. So. He's being drafted as QB nine in the seventh or eighth round. Uh, last year, over the first six games, Tom Brady was QB eight at, in terms of average fantasy points per game at twenty point five points per game. In that time, he was completing sixty five percent of his passes for two hundred and ninety yards per game, thirteen total touchdowns to four total turnovers, seven point six yards per pass attempt, and a ninety seven point five quarterback rating. And where it kind of fell apart for him was not coincidentally, after those six games, the Patriots got rid of Josh Gordon. And to an already bad supporting cast, that really just depleted it even more so. So over the final or over week seven through 16, he was quarterback 27, which is awful, um, especially by Tom Brady standards. Over the final 10 games, he completed 58% of his passes, so that's down 13% for only 231 yards a game, which is down almost 60 yards a game. And then he had 14 total touchdowns to five total turnovers, so still almost a 3-to-1 touchdown to total turnover ratio. But he only averaged 6.0 yards per pass attempt, and he was an 82.3 quarterback rating. Just to give you an idea of his overall effectiveness and how quickly he was still processing defenses, even over the, that worst stretch, he was still only his sack ratio was every one every 22.6 pass attempts. So even at that time with an offensive line that was not playing well, um, I mean, they, they had injuries and things like that. So it wasn't just all because their team isn't good. It was just a, a lot of different factors. But with, an, with a bad offensive line, or at least a below average offensive line and a skill position group that was awful, he was still getting rid of the ball. And yes, it did hurt his um, yards per attempt at only 6.0 yards per attempt, six yards flat. But it also shows you that at, a sack ratio of 22.6 pass attempts per sack is actually top five to top seven in the NFL pretty much any given year. That's a that's a really good ratio and even in the first the first uh six games he was like every 29 passes i think so anyways um 
I'm fine with taking Brady in the eighth round. I'm not so much in the seventh. That's just I just can't get myself to do it because as much as I like Brady and especially I like him in this offense with these weapons, the issue I see is just the guys that you can get in rounds nine or later, like Matthew Stafford, Daniel Jones, you know, guys like that that you can get safely in the ninth round. I I prefer that because I want to add another running back or wide receiver in round seven and eight and or eight. So I think the value of that trumps taking Brady there. But I will say Tom Brady does have higher and a higher ceiling than he normally has had over the last few years in New England because just basically off of the weapons and the style of offense they're going to run in Tampa. So and especially like I know they've added LaShawn McCoy and they drafted Keyshawn Vaughn in the run game. But we don't know if this team will really run the ball like Bruce Arians just didn't do it at all last year. And an aging LaShawn McCoy and a third round rookie don't exactly, you know, cement the idea of run heavy teams. So I think that with the tight ends and the and Godwin and Evans, I think we can we very well could see a top five, maybe even top three fantasy season from Tom Brady in 2020 at age 43 years old. So don't sleep on the old man. He's still got gas left in the tank. I promise you that. All right. Ronald Jones. We'll start with the running backs. Um, ADP is RB 32 eighth round. Uh, I mean, guys, he was basically who he was all year. It was just like R- RB 35 or so pretty much is where he stayed about all year. I tried to look at his splits and determine you know, spot any trends. And the only thing I saw was he averaged over the first 11 weeks, he averaged 3.9 yards per carry and only 42 rush yards. And then that average yards per carry from weeks 11 through 16 went up to 4.6. And then, but over his final two games, he averaged over seven yards per carry and, and 91 and a half rush yards per game. And he also caught five passes for 42 yards. So that was the only real sign of life I could find when looking at Ronald Jones, just pure stats. And, and um, as far as what I saw from him on film, I saw moments where he looked really, really good, but he was definitely their best running back um, last year. And he may be, he may be it this year too. So in the, you're talking about Jones in the eighth round, I'm not taking him in the eighth round just because my philosophy is you draft a guy for his floor while being cognizant of his ceiling. In the eighth round, I feel there are just better values there relative to his floor and their floor, like J.K. Dobbins, Brandon Cooks, etc. So I'm not taking Rojo there, but I am cognizant of his ceiling. And if he's around, if he's there in round 10 or so, I, I would probably take him just because I want to have him on my team for at least the first couple of weeks. And if he's getting three or four carries a game, I'll just dump him and 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 get, you know, I'll just fill my roster with somebody else. But I want to see because I, I'd like to have him on my team at least early on in 2020 because I think there's a chance that he ends up being a high-end RB2. Um, if I mean, this guy was a second-round pick just two years ago. So it's like – and he last year showed that he does have the ability to make plays in the NFL. Like he's fast enough. He's, he's dynamic enough. Um, I'm not calling him elite or anything, but he is talented. And if he gets the opportunity, like if he's the work lo- uh, the workhorse in this offense and they actually run the ball a little bit, I mean, he's an RB2. Book it. And he can catch the ball a little bit too. He he did that pretty well for the most part of last season, not necessarily from a volume standpoint, but from a uh, just effectiveness standpoint, he did make some plays in the passing game. So 
Keyshawn Vaughn is the next running back we're going to talk about. He's being drafted as RB 39 in the ninth round. Um, so Keyshawn Vaughn in college averaged 7.9 yards per carry in 2018. I mean, that's, that's kind of eye-popping. He racked up 66 receptions for 648 yards and three touchdowns and ran for over five yards per carry in, the la- in each of the last three seasons. Um, the receptions, is that's his total college receptions. So, um, I mean, he can play. I, I don't like people comparing and trying to say that he's the next David Johnson for what David Johnson was there with Bruce Arians because he's a third-round pick and – just because he's a third round pick and his coach is Bruce Arians, that doesn't mean he, you know, he's going to get to be David Johnson. David Johnson, people forget, was a guy that most of us thought was a top two or three, maybe even the best running back in the NFL over that time. So it's not that easy for someone to just become that, right? Like just because they're, you know, a third round pick and they can, they have some receiving ability. Now, that said, I do feel that he has a high ceiling. I mean, similar to Ronald Jones, I think that um, it's fair to assume that if if this guy ends up taking the or, or earning the lion's share of the workload and they actually run the ball, hand, you know, run and, res- and pass to him a total of 15 to 20 times per game, I mean, I definitely think he could be an RB2. So um, it's just a matter of what's a rookie's floor, what's a third-round pick rookie's floor in an off in a uh, at a position group on this team that is pretty competitive with Ronald Jones and LaShawn McCoy and also the worst offseason to count on a rookie in fantasy football history. I mean, the COVID thing is making this offseason very tricky to bank on a rookie. And I know if you draft him in the ninth round, you're not necessarily banking on him, but I think um just relative to what else is available at that time, I'm not touching him there because his floor is unrosterable. But I mean, if you watch a bunch of Keyshawn Vaughn in college and you just think he's going to he's going to be that guy and you're willing to hold him. That's the thing with this, too. You have to be willing to roster him for six weeks or so because he may not do anything in in the early season. Like he may he may be a healthy scratch for a game or two. I mean, it's it's the COVID thing is really going to hurt the development of some of these young guys. So I think we need to be cognizant of that and um we just need to be patient with him so LaShawn McCoy is basically as far as I can see now he's going undrafted mostly um LaShawn McCoy was RB 16 and half PPR over the in average fantasy points per game over the first four weeks of 2019 he was averaging 10 carries for 53 yards and he uh was also he averaging a couple catches per game at nine yards per catch. So he was playing well. The problem was over the final nine games, he was averaging a total of uh, nine touches for 40 yards per game and a total of 6.4 fantasy points per game. So he just kind of fell off. He was a healthy scratch in the Super Bowl in an Andy Reid-led offensive attack. So um, I thought that LaShawn McCoy had a chance to be a really good fantasy threat for us in 2019. And just based on being in Andy Reid's team, on I mean, Andy Reid's scheme with a, in a loaded offense, I just felt like LaShawn McCoy would be more involved. Now, Damian Williams played better than people realized last year. So maybe it was just that he wasn't as good as Damian and they liked Darwin Thompson as well. Um, but it's hard for me to to bet on LaShawn McCoy being the guy. And he, I would say 
he may have a slightly higher floor than definitely than Vaughn and mm, him and Rojo's floor is probably about the same. Maybe Rojo's a little higher, but I would say that his ceiling is definitely the least intriguing out of those three. But if he's really going to go that late and you can take him, you know, with your second to last pick or something like that, I, I feel like there's nothing wrong with that because again, he's a guy that I feel you're going to want to roster if you can get him for cheap enough for a week or two early on the first week or two, particularly just to see what his role is and how exactly Bruce Arians and the Bucks are planning on using him. So um, I could see him being a decent, I could see him having somewhat of a resurgence and running for like 900 yards next year. So it's possible, but don't take him early. Of course, don't take him even in the first 13, 12, 13 picks. I mean, maybe in round 13 or 14, but that'd be about as early as I'd want to take him because, of course, his floor is also unrosterable. All right, we go to the wide receiver position. And Mike Evans, who we'll start with, his ADP is wide receiver seven, and he's usually going in the late second round, but sometimes he'll fall into the early third. Um, volume was boomer bust in 2019. Over his first two games, he caught six passes for 89 yards and zero touchdowns. So in half PPR scoring, that's 11.9 points total. Or no, 11 point, yeah, 11.9 total fantasy points over those first two games. Then the next two games, he kind of went nuts. 12 catches for 279 yards and four touchdowns. So 57.9 fantasy points over those two games. Then the next two games, he had nine catches for 96 yards and zero touchdowns, including one of those games was a donut against the Saints and Marshawn Lattimore. So 14 points over two games. Then over the final seven games, he was much more consistent. He caught 40 passes for 693 yards which is over 17 yards per catch and four touchdowns so he was averaging 16.2 half ppr fantasy points per game over that time and that's kind of where he became his consistent self last year because he was truly a dominant player at times in terms of fantasy football scoring in 2019 so if you can get him in the third round i'm all for it um i'm not i don't like the variance with him I, I think there will be weeks where you know he's just three catches for 30 yards and or, or or even worse than that there's going to be those types of weeks with him but there's also going to be weeks where he's going to go crazy and he's going to have 150 plus yards and multiple touchdowns so um he's not a super super high floor guy on a weekly basis at least but um if you can get him if you're if he's available in the early to mid third round i i would take him um just depending on it also depends on what's there. But generally speaking, I don't think he's a bad value in that spot. All right. Moving on to Chris Godwin, everybody's favorite because he's a slot receiver. And we all know Tom Brady loves the slot receiver. Uh, Godwin isn't your typical slot receiver. Like he's not built like Julian Edelman. He's more built like an outside guy. Six foot, 200 plus pounds, um, kind of a big body. But he he's a natural from the slot, especially in this Bruce Arians offense. So over the first five games of 2019, he was the wide receiver one in points per game, averaging seven catches for 102 yards and over one touchdown per game. Over the final nine games, he was wide receiver 12 in points per game, half PPR. This is averaging five catches for 91 yards, but the touchdowns took a severe dip where he was averaging less than half a touchdown per game. I mean, Godwin is a steady steady player and i think that that will continue this year 
he had over the final over the final nine games last year he had fewer than four receptions just one time so he was a guy that's just gonna get you five catches a game and and that's solid especially when you're you're getting points per reception in some regard so um in rounds two or three uh, I'm not going to take him in round two. Same with Mike Evans. Like I'm not going to take those guys in the second round, but in the third round, if they're there, I'll, I'll happily take them. And I'm not even saying I won't take them in the second round because they won't return value. But I'm I'm mainly saying I really want a running back in those spots unless the running back board is picked clean. Like if I can get somebody like um, Josh Jacobs or Aaron Jones in that spot, I'm gonna lean more towards those guys. But that's just personal preference, and that's basically personal preference based on the makeup of this year's draft. I did several podcasts breaking down each position. So go back and uh, listen to those if you haven't, um, just to get an idea of why I'm, I'm saying that, but I'm totally fine. If you like, if you want Godwin on your team and, and he's there in the mid second, late second round, take him. I mean, that's fine. It's not a, uh, it's not a sin. Just don't take him over somebody like Josh Jacobs or, you know, just a, uh, don't take him over a running back that's going to be a guaranteed high-end running back, too, in my opinion. So, the tight end position, Rob Gronkowski, ADP tight end 8 in round 6 or 7. So, I went back to the 2018 season to look at what Rob did most recently on a football field. Rob was the tight end 7 and half PPR in 2018 is what he finished as. Um, he played in 16 games, including the playoffs, so he was pretty reliable. Over the final two playoff games, he put up 12 catches for 166 yards. So that's solid, about 14 yards per catch, and we all know he had a big Super Bowl. Um, over the first 10 games, he was a four catch for 64 yards, almost 15 catch guy, I mean 15 yards per catch guy with three touchdowns. And over the final three regular season games, he had four catches for 45 yards total, not average. So over the final three regular season games, four for 45 was what he had in total. So I I think that um, Rob is going – I think there's a good chance he could be a low-end tight end one, but I just don't think you're, he's what you're drafting in those in the in rounds, what, six or seven? I, I don't think – that's not what you want in round six or seven. So I would – I would stay away from him and at those at that price. I think he's going to be relatively touchdown dependent for somebody that you're going to take that early as you have to take him. So I'm staying away from Gronkowski. Um, I mean, he always has upside because who knows, maybe he's rejuvenated and Brady and him have this kind of chemistry, you know, most definitely. But I'm going to stay away from Rob just at that price, especially. All right. Moving on, we are going to talk about the – so O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait, real quick, I'm going to touch on them. They're not really being drafted, nor should they, in my opinion. And I just think that they're guys that, you know, if anything with them, just keep an eye on their targets and their snaps, uh, how many snaps they're playing early on. But I think they are there for more reasons than just to catch passes. They're, they're there to be the tr- typical Bruce Arians tight ends. Um, I wouldn't definitely don't draft them, but, uh, monitor their monitor, what they're doing in their targets early on for sure. Now let's talk about this Tampa Bay defense because they're, and they are a very interesting unit. So they're being drafted either in the last round of drafts or not at all. And that's 
where if I do draft the defense, that's where I want to do it. <laughs> so that has my attention. Over the first 11 games this in 2019, this team allowed over 30 points per game, 30.5 points per game. Over the final five games, they allowed only 22.8 points per game. Over, uh, over the first 11 games, they allowed 20 or more first downs seven times. Um, final five games, they allowed 20 or more touch, uh, first downs only once. So as you can see, they everything I'm about to say is just shows that they got a lot better down the stretch. The young corners, all of them played really well. Like they might have really hit pay dirt with the uh, amount of corners they took late. I mean, uh, in the mid, second, third, fourth rounds over the last two seasons, Carlton Davis, Jamil Dean, and those guys, they, they look really good. Um, they held opponents to fewer than 100 rushing yards in 13 of 16 games and fewer than 75 yards 11 times. So, um, And they had 47 sacks in the season. Now, they did lose Carl Nassib, who was their third leading sack guy, uh, he's he went to the Raiders in free agency, but they got they brought back Shaquille Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul. But um, I just I think this team, if you want to, if you're a type of person that just wants to have a defense on your roster, I most definitely would advise you taking them even in the 14th round and just having them as your every week starter uh, for your defense because I really think they have a top five potential for this season. Top seven, in my opinion, is their floor. Because the thing about Tom Brady, even if you want to say he's washed up and this, that, and the other, we know he's not going to throw 30 interceptions. And that's no, I'm not bagging on Jameis. I'm just stating a fact. We know there is no world in which Tom Brady is throwing 30 picks in a season. That's just not going to happen, right? Even if they pass it, you know, 50 times a game, he's not going to turn the ball over like that. So that right there makes their defense better. That alone makes them a better unit than they were last year. Now, when you factor in that these young corners who were playing really well down the stretch, now they have a year to, of experience. And then for the secondary, especially just like the offensive line, cohesiveness matters. You know, that they've built up that sort of trust amongst each other. And then you add a guy like Antoine Winfield into the mix. And that defense is a really interesting unit. So I think they're going to have to find more pass rush from somebody not named Barrett or JPP. And if they do that, I think this, and I, I think that guy could be Vita Vey. I think he could be a six plus sack guy. Um, but if they do that and the, and the secondary continues to grow, I think this defense is going to be a top five unit. So that's just how I feel about these bucks. And uh, so, yeah, guys, as always, if you want to talk about it, my DMs are open. On Twitter, it's at FairShakeFB, and on Instagram, at FairShakeFootball. Thanks for listening. Later.